Hello, and thank you for listening. My name is Claudia Harper, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Kim Robacek. We're from the ESG team at Linklaters. Kim and I will be shedding some light on COP15, which is currently underway in Montreal. So COP15 is a conference of the parties to the United Nations Convention on Biological Diversity. It kicked off on the 7th of December in Montreal and will run until the 19th of December. Most of the world's nations are parties to this convention, with the notable exception of the United States. The main aim of the convention is for countries to agree on a post-2020 global biodiversity framework, which sets out a plan for tackling biodiversity loss this decade. Importantly, COP15 is different from the other COP you might have heard of, COP27. This was the other big meeting of countries held recently in Egypt, but unlike COP15 was on the topic of climate specifically. So due to COVID-19, countries have not yet met this uh, decade in full to discuss biodiversity. So big things are expected from this COP. Kim, uh, what do you know about the current progress being made at COP15? Thanks, Claudia. So the COP, as you've just said, only started on the 7th of December, so two days ago. So it's still, I'm afraid, a bit too early to say. What we do know is that despite extensive work on the global biodiversity framework, which is the main aim of this conference, that framework is still a long way off. Less than 20% of the text has been agreed. The suggestion is that I'm afraid not much progress was made in the working group, which gathered just immediately prior to the COP. We're hearing diplomatic phrases like not as much progress as we would have liked has been made. However, it's not unusual for there not to be any real movement until the back end of a conference. The slight nervousness here is that there are quite a number of big issues on the table and the leaders themselves will not be present. However, countries do appear to be aligned on the urgency of agreeing the framework, so watch this space. Thanks, Kim. So we know that one of the big aims is um, for parties to agree on this post-2020 global biodiversity framework. Various reports have found biodiversity losses accelerating, and we've, we've heard that many are calling for ambitious targets to be set in the framework. In particular, um, it's been reported that at least a million animal and plant species are now threatened with extinction, and that the average population size of wildlife has declined globally by 69% since 1970. So if the global biodiversity framework is successfully agreed to COP, what impact might this have on businesses? The hope behind the global biodiversity framework is that it will establish a new global strategic plan. Uh, the, the, that hopefully then will serve as an umbrella strategy for governments at all levels around the globe, as well as businesses, public and private finance and civil society. In particular, the hope is that it will translate into actions, policies and regulations at that regional and national level, and that that will have direct and indirect consequences on the operations of businesses and financial institutions. So key for businesses in relation to the framework is likely to be Firstly, whether clear measurable targets are set and whether this is or becomes the equivalent of the Paris goals for climate, which obviously had a huge impact on businesses around the globe. Whether steps are taken to actively encourage financing in relation to nature, and that certainly is a very big topic and a big hope for the framework. And of course, the extent to which this all feeds through into disclosures and also standards of sustainability applicable to corporates and others. Of course, depending on the sector of business, there may also be intense interest on specific aspects of the biodiversity framework, such as the outcome of removal of subsidiaries that are seen as harmful, that's particularly relevant to the agricultural sector, and provisions around pesticides. 
Thanks, Kim. So if I am a business and I already have quite a lot on my plate in relation to climate change, be it reporting, horizon scanning, or say risk identification, what should I be doing now to think about biodiversity? Or can I put this off a little longer? Businesses really should already be assessing whether biodiversity risks are material to them, just as for any other risk. I think this is particularly so given the amount of data and scientific evidence coming out as to the impacts of biodiversity loss and how that can be measured and assessed. Businesses also need to be aware of the regulatory landscape, as with all other areas, and how those regulations apply to the business. There are already regulations in place, or which are to come into place, which include provisions on biodiversity. So at the EU level, always at the forefront, uh, there's the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, there's the Sustainable Financing Disclosure Regulation and the Taxonomy. Each of those have provision on biodiversity, albeit some of the detail is to follow. Some of the draft sustainable disclosure standards that are also being considered and talked about quite a lot, those are not just limited to climate change, but do extend to environmental risks or sustainability more broadly, in particular, the International Sustainability Standard Board exposure drafts, or the first draft. There is also increased focus uh, on corporate due diligence and value chain, including in relation to biodiversity loss. Uh, you may have heard just recently, uh, maybe two days ago now, that the EU regulation on deforestation was agreed and largely relates to due diligence. These types of considerations can have a really big impact on business and they take time to implement. So absolutely need to be aware of that development. If an entity is a regulated entity, then they, that business now needs to be considering supervisory expectations, uh, as some of the supervisors most definitely have some clear statements out there about environmental risks. So again, not just limited to climate. And finally, uh, we have the task force on nature related financial disclosures on the horizon. I'm sure that everyone will have heard of that by now. Uh, if you go onto their website, they have a lot of useful material, not just on the framework itself, uh, but on issues relating to nature. But that framework is likely, or it's certainly it's hoped to set the gold standard for frameworks, and it may lead uh, to disclosures um, becoming mandatory. So it, 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 our view does make sense for businesses to start looking into this now. So be prepared.